The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people. Live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. set you free. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Only True Democracy in Talk Radio of 4 and by you, the people. In this hour, we have not one but two great guests joining us. Pick up the phone, 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is uh, the number. You probably remember how Ted Cruz talked to us over and over and over and over and over again. We even heard green eggs and ham. But we are now hearing, after Orlando, an impassioned plea for gun control. We heard it after. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. I was looking everywhere for it. Couldn't find it. Um, we appreciate the efforts being put forth by the Democrats after the moment of silence yesterday when they made it clear, as so many of us had, that we don't want thoughts and prayers. We want action. We want legislation. And there are even conservatives who are saying we need to get those assault weapons off the street, ban them. We're going to be talking in this hour with two great guests. And before I bring on the first, Senate Democrats are launching a filibuster right now as we speak. Their goal, to tighten gun laws. They launched this talking filibuster on the Senate floor today. They're trying to push their colleagues to consider legislation intended to block suspected terrorists from buying guns in the wake of the mass shooting in Orlando. Senator Chris Murphy, a Democrat from Connecticut, His state and his district saw 20 children gunned down at Sandy Hook Elementary School four years ago in 2012. He started the filibuster at 11.21 a.m. Eastern Time this morning when the Senate was trying to discuss a spending bill. The gunman on Sunday killed 49 people, as we know. 49 people. And that was at a nightclub that catered to gays the LGBT community in Orlando. He was on an FBI terrorism watch list twice in 2013 and 14, then taken off. He purchased a semi-automatic rifle and a pistol days before he attacked the club. Murphy said on the Senate floor, quote, our job is not to send condolence tweets. Our job is to debate and to vote, to go on the record, to show our constituents we stand on these issues. Now other Democrats have including Senators Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut, Patrick Leahy of Vermont. By the way, I think Senator Blumenthal just followed me on Twitter. Uh, Patty Murray of Washington and Cory Booker of New Jersey quickly announced their support for this filibuster. Until the Democrats stop talking and give up the floor, every vote is held up. Not one vote can be held on the spending bill. And by the way, that spending bill does provide funds for numerous federal agencies. Democrats are pushing for amendments 
Amendments that would bar gun sales to anyone on the government's terrorist watch and no-fly list. From my area, Southern Cal, Congressman Xavier Becerra has reintroduced legislation that we saw put forth after the San Bernardino shooting, uh, terrorist attack massacre. No fly, no buy. If you can't be on a fly list and sit next to me on a plane, you shouldn't be able to stand next to me anywhere with a gun and a conceal and carry permit. And that's the way it is right now. So Democrats are pushing for amendments that would bar gun sales to anyone on the government's terrorist watch list and no-fly list. Let's bring in our guest, the first guest uh, in this hour here on the only true democracy in uh, talk radio. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us. And once again, you can join us as well along with our guest, 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. That is uh, the number. Uh, joining us first up in the first half of this hour, and sorry I cut into his time there a little bit, bringing people up to speed, but this is breaking news. John Nichols, who's a pioneering political blogger. He's written the, written the beat since 1999. He writes about politics for The Nation magazine. He is their Washington correspondent. He's a contributing writer for The Progressive and In These Times, associate editor of The Capital Times, the daily newspaper in Madison, Wisconsin, where we're glad they carry The Leslie Marshall Show. And his articles have appeared in The New York Times, Chicago Tribune, dozens of other papers. He's been on the show often. We love him. Glad to have you back. John, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. It's great to be with you, Leslie, uh, on a very eventful day. Very, 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 definitely. Uh, John, um, let's talk about what the Democrats are doing. We've seen, uh, is this symbolic or can this actually uh, bring forth something? We see polls that show a majority of Americans overwhelmingly support universal background checks, over 90%. That is unprecedented for polling in a nation so divided uh, during a presidential election year. And then on top of it, over 50%, even over 30% of Republicans, even people who have guns and NRA members say, hey, time for an assault weapons ban. Um, it, is this the way, uh, the right way for the Democrats to get the attention of those in the chamber to bring the issues that really are affecting our nation and that need to be addressed now? Well, of course it's the right way. Um, there's no question of that. And uh, I think we have to put it in perspective. We have to understand what has happened. If you have a horrible shooting, something nightmarishly awful, say, like what happened at Columba, or, you know, we just, just run the list place after place, incident after incident. Yeah, the first time that happens, uh, of course you have demands for action in that, but, but also uh, I think there's a perspective. You say, well, you know, we've got to pause. We have to put politics aside. This is so overarching. The country wants to stop and uh, have its moments of silence, have its uh, prayer and reflection. With the assumption that, you know, a good country, a functional country, a functional governance would, in due time, address the crisis. After that's happened 10 times or 20 times, after it has become routinized, where we, we literally don't have much time to get the flag back up to full staff before we lower it again to half staff, after people like Paul Ryan literally... Um, have like a standard procedure for leading the moment of silence, or Mitch McConnell, a standard procedure, we get to the point where we recognize that structurally those who oppose doing anything to address this crisis, they have their model in place, and that model will hold. Nothing will happen, nothing will change until Democrats and responsible Republicans 
decide that they will no longer go along with the charade. And tragically, that's what it has become. It has become a charade uh, to tell people, put politics aside, let's just reflect on you know, this horrible thing. What we've come to realize is these incidents are political. They touch us at, at every level of our politics, at every level of our being. And it is necessary to push back. That's what happened in the House two days ago. We members of the House, some walked out, others literally attempted to interrupt Paul Ryan as he tried to move to other business. Uh, that is now what's happening in the Senate using the more arcane and structurally powerful rules of the Senate. This is really important, Leslie. We have reached a pivot point in our country where Democrats and I hope some responsible Republicans are saying we will no longer play along with what has been referred to as the fetish of silence, i.e., the game of saying, well, we're going to just be, we'll have a moment of silence and then move to something else. And something that has nothing to do with the safety or security of our nation, yesterday or today. <laughs> I mean, in the House and, and, and then now in, in the Senate. I, I, I agree with you. John, there are other people who are up for election or re-election in November, not just those running for president. Would it be wise to succumb to the will of the people, many of whom are the constituents that are going to vote these people in or out, rather than bending over to the will of the NRA, no matter how big a check they write? Yeah, I think that, you know, there's a money and politics component to this, which cannot be underestimated. And remember, the people who do the bidding of the NRA are not doing the bidding of hunters. They're not doing the bidding of people who want to protect their homes. They're not doing the bidding of responsible gun owners. I grew up in uh, among responsible gun owners. I made shells as a kid. I grew up around skeet shooting and and uh, you know all the all the uh, culture of guns in my home state of Wisconsin. I've got no problem with it. I can live with it. Uh, but the NRA is something else altogether. The NRA is the gun manufacturing industry. These are multinational and domestic corporations which seek to make huge amounts of money playing on fear and literally capitalizing on uh, the desire of folks to arm themselves at at ever more extreme levels. Uh, They have not acted responsibly. They have literally abandoned any sense of responsibility. They cloaked themselves in the Second Amendment, which was never written uh, with the intention of having somebody shoot up a a bar in in Orlando. And so it becomes time to to pull the pull the brakes, to say we need to have we need to have the discussion. And you know, I don't know that what's going on in the Senate is going to succeed. I, I don't know that you know the efforts in the House are going to succeed. I think the ultimate playout will be at the ballot box. This becomes uh, really a political debate uh, that goes beyond Washington, as most important political debates do. But what becomes absolutely vital is that the great mass of Americans, including the great mass of gun owners, who want responsible rules and regulations, begin to vote on this issue. We know from polling, we know from you know just anecdotal realities of our politics, that a small portion of people do vote on guns. They tend to be people 
who are passionate about gun ownership and who have really been fed a steady stream of propaganda by the NRA. Most other people vote on a variety of other issues. They vote on the, on the economy, on security, on environment, on, uh, you know, you name the list of issues. Uh, what has to happen is that gun issues must move up that list of priorities for responsible voters, for voters, and I shouldn't say, should I say, for, for voters who are concerned about gun violence. They have to move it up their list of priorities. And I think what's happened in the House this week, what's happening in the Senate, has the potential to move it up that list. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with our guest, John Nichols, here on the only true democracy in talk radio. John writes about politics for the Nation magazine. He is their Washington correspondent. He does a lot more, if I've mentioned, and I'll mention more as well. Uh, we'll talk um, a bit more uh, about this. Uh, just had a tweet from Bishop that says, do you really think a law will stop gun violence or any violence for that matter? My response to that would be, if one attack can be stopped, hell, if one life can be saved. If 48 instead of 49 died, isn't it worth it? We'll be back. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. John Nichols, pioneered political blogger. He wrote The Beat since 99. He writes politics for The Nation magazine about politics. He is their Washington correspondent, editor, associate editor of the Capital Times, a daily newspaper in Madison, Wisconsin, contributes as a writer to the progressive and in these times. And you've probably read his articles in The New York Times, Chicago Tribune, and dozens of other papers. John, thank you for holding. Uh, welcome back. Any last remarks with regard to the Senate Demo- Democrats and their filibuster uh, verbally taking over the floor, not allowing a vote to be cast? I will only tell you that this is a historic pivot point in our politics. Uh, Democrats have uh, decided, and I think, again, some responsible Republicans may as well. This is the critical test. But Democrats have decided that they are no longer going to play along with a a charade that was essentially developed in order to silence debate until people had moved far enough away from events so that the, the pressure for action was dialed down. That was an NRA strategy. Uh, that strategy is now being challenged aggressively. Um, this is it, 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 when we put this into historical perspective. Uh, these days will very likely be remembered as as critical turning points, critical junctures. Now, where we go, I can't say. But if we ever get to meaningful gun regulations, meaningful action to address gun violence in this country, this week will be in the history books. So we should be paying close attention to what's happening. Wow. Very, very powerful statement, and I agree. Our second John, no fun there, in uh, the second half of this hour is founder of the famous CrooksAndLiars.com. He's an American left-wing political blogger. He's also co-author of Over the Cliff, How Obama's Election Drove the American Right Insane. You can find it on Amazon.com. John, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us, and welcome. Welcome, Leslie. Am I a prophet with the title of our book? I'm sorry? 
am, am I a prophet? Because the title of our book was Oh yeah, Over yeah, the uh, cliff. that is prophetic. The uh, the American uh, the, the election drove the American right insane. Somebody posted on Facebook yesterday. I thought it was funny. I re, I re, uh, shared it, you know, reposted, retweeted all that. Um, I don't care about Trump's tax returns. I'm concerned about his his IQ and mental health. You know, <laughs> um, let uh, let let's uh, talk about some people who are using their IQ and using their titles to do what the people elected them to do. And let's take a quick listen to Senator Chris Murphy of the great state of Connecticut, a Democrat, vowing to filibuster until Congress acts on gun reform. This has been going on since 11-something this morning Eastern time. Here's Senator Chris Murphy. And so, Mr. President, I'm prepared to stand on this floor and talk about the need for this body to come together on keeping terrorists away from getting guns through those two measures for, frankly, as long as I can, because I know that we can come together on this issue. And I know that there's other really important business to be done here. I know other people have amendments that they'd like to call up. I know that there are other issues that senators would like to raise. But having come through the experience of Newtown, I've had enough. It's been four years, and nothing has been done, despite the fact that 90% of the American public wants us to act. The vast majority of gun owners want us to expand the reach of background checks. Polls suggest that 80% of Americans believe that people on the terrorist watch list shouldn't be able to buy guns. There's there's no controversy out there about these two provisions. We can work it out. We can work it out today. Oh, I thought you said one minute left. Uh, ten seconds left. Um, okay, and um, a, a, a couple of um, things here. Uh, let's bring people up to speed, John, who are just uh, joining us. Um, the Senate Democrats have taken uh, control um, they are filibustering and they're doing it over uh, gun control. But, you know, Mark was just saying it to me, my executive producer, during the break. They're not reading from a Dr. Seuss book. They have enough material with the amount of violence and death at the hands of guns. And by the way, this isn't to me just about terrorists getting guns. And to me, Sandy Hook, that shooter was a terrorist. Those children were terrorized. Even the children who survived and the adults who survived were terrorized. Uh, the people in that church in South Carolina, although they prayed when the shooting began, they were terrorized uh, by that white Christian boy. Um, the list goes on. And, and, you know, even if something's not called an act of terror, um, you know, a mass shooting, a massacre, it goes beyond just keeping uh, guns out of the hands of terrorists, no fly, no buy, or if you're on some kind of a federal watch list. Um, but it goes further with a ban on assault weapons, which were weapons used by people who weren't terrorists or might have had mental illness like Aurora, Colorado. And uh, in addition, um, there are also guns, a gun that does not need to be used by civilians on the streets of this country. Uh, that is definitely something that belongs in the hands of the military uh, or law enforcement. And then in addition to that, um, and expanded background checks. Um, you know, perhaps if there were expanded background checks, they would see uh, maybe in the background some of these individuals' uh, mental illness or red flag, like somebody reported for domestic violence or used to be on a federal watch list. Uh, your thoughts, Sean? No, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I don't 
think that the victims and the victims' families and friends care whether it's a domestic terrorist or if it's an you know, overseas terrorist or if it's an ISIS terrorist or ISIS sympathizer. They're still dead, and they're still dead by, at most points, you know, an AR-15 or some automatic weapon that's not used in hunting. And, and if we look at the history of the violence in the country, many more people have died at the hands of domestic terrorists as opposed to outside forces. So, yes, I mean, it's, you know, I'm happy that finally the Senate Democrats are doing something and standing up for these values. And, you know, it's funny, as I was on hold, I was thinking about Ted Cruz. Did he read, like, Ham and Eggs or some Dr. Seuss book? And I was thinking the same thing, and you just echoed what I was thinking. It's like they have to resort to, like, idiocy to filibuster. Well, Obamacare is something that hurts, you know, something that's been helping millions of people get health care. And by revoking it, they'll just hurt 20 million people. And we have actually, you know, you just read off the list of names of people that have fell victim to these mass shootings. You could take up hours of time. Uh, it just uh, God, so much to talk about, and thank you guys. They gave me um, a, a great uh, link uh, provided by Slate. Thank you. Um, let's give an update. Um, uh, just about 38 minutes ago, uh, Missouri's Claire McCaskill, um, she and I are linked in and follow each other, uh, New Hampshire's Jean Shanine, and also New York's Kirsten uh, Gillibrand, our list of Democratic speakers, um, and uh, earlier, recent speakers who tried to, uh, we, we want to reiterate, are speaking under the pretense that they are in dialogue with the original filibusterer, who is Chris Murphy, and uh, who end their remarks by asking him more or less rhetorical questions. They also include Elizabeth Warren from Massachusetts, Gary Peters of Michigan, Oregon's Jeff Merkley, Oregon's Ron Wyden, Pennsylvania's Bob Casey, and Washington's Patty Murray. It looks like Murray is actually uh, going to be able, uh, Murphy actually will be able to hold the floor as long as he can. Um, uh, without leaving her a bathroom break. And believe it or not, there are rules with filibustering about uh, peeing. Uh, Mother Jones actually wrote a great article about that. Pennsylvania Senator Pat Toomey, co-sponsor of the failed post-Sandy Hook background check bill, became the first Republican to speak during today's filibuster. And I want you to remember that, because although I would love every seat in the House and the Senate to be a Democrat, Pat Toomey, in my opinion, of Pennsylvania, deserves his seat. Uh, he became the first Republican speaker uh, during today's filibuster. Uh, this has now been going on for over four hours. Minnesota Democrat Al Franken, Vermont Democrat Pat Leahy also have made remarks. Now, the NRA, meanwhile, has put out a statement indicating that it would support allowing delays in the sales of weapons to individuals flagged on terror watch list in order to allow time for those individuals to be thoroughly investigated by the FBI. The gun control measures that Democrats are currently discussing include watch list bans and are generally widely popular among the general public, but why don't they pass Congress? Because of the way the NRA influences and, and, and the way their influence works within our electoral system, specifically to Republicans. Presumptive Republican presidential nominee Donald Trump also indicated he might support such a move. Who cares what he thinks? Anyway, uh, the filibuster um, uh, continues. Uh, uh, earlier, Democrats speaking uh, so far have been Florida's Bill Nelson, Illinois' Dick Durbin, Maryland's Ben Cardin, Massachusetts' Edward Markety, New York's Charles Schumer, West Virginia's Joe Manchin. Uh, there may be some uh, names mi- missed that I did not mention here. Um, the classic image of a filibuster is basically someone reading the Constitution or some other lengthy document of symbolic significance. Uh, but these uh, senators are outlining the basic arguments for instituting gun sale background checks and discussing how the issue relates to the terror attack in Orlando this past uh, Sunday. 
Um, and it started off with Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy, who we played the audio from um, just a few moments ago, who had just been elected to his current office when that gunman killed 20 children and six adults at Sandy Hook Elementary School in Newtown. He launched a filibuster to call for congressional action on gun control. Um, John, uh, th- this is, uh, you know, we read your mind. Um, we're going to see more people, I think, other than just Senator Pat Toomey cross the aisle on this one. You agree? I, I would hope so, but I, I wouldn't hold out hope for it. You know, uh, two quick things. One, on when Jeff Merkley spoke, I, I just cut a video right before I, I came on, and, and he's actually suffered um, a personal loss because his 18-year-old cousin, Rebecca Ann Carnes, was one of nine people that were killed at the community college last year. And what he did is he spoke about her, you know, how much of a lover she was of four-wheeling and the fact that she was adventurous and she was really excited to get started with her life. And now that's been snuffed out. He really comes with a a personal story. But, you know, when when you talk about Republicans crossing the line, uh, you know, this week the New York Police Commissioner, Bill Bratton, I mean, said, you know, his harsher words to basically Republicans as they've seen where, you know, he just said shame on them. Shame on them that they are totally beholden. They prostitute themselves in front of the NRA. They put the interest of their own political careers and that of the NRA ahead of the American people. Now, this is a well-respected, especially in conservative circles, and New York Police Commissioner Bill Bratton, just just letting them have it because it is really ridiculous. Um, you know, everybody's seen an AR-14. And did you hear that the audio, um, that little um, iPhone video, I think it was, where you can hear the shots going off. Yeah, Those... I, they, I had heard that they had read the transcript of one of the voicemail messages of one of the uh, victims of Sunday's attack in Orlando uh, during uh, this filibuster. Right. Well, when you hear, it was like, I don't know, about four or six shots from the AR-15. Those do not sound like, you know, typical you're watching on TV. They sound like bazookas going off. And those bullets aren't meant to just, you know, wound you. They maim whatever they hit. Yeah, they, they say that they go into my husband is an orthopedic surgeon and deals with trauma, specifically gunshot wounds in the ER. He was one of the doctors called in for San Bernardino. And uh, he said that my husband doesn't own a gun. We don't believe in guns. And he doesn't um, uh, know weaponry uh, like somebody, you know, working for the NRA. Uh, but he can tell you the aftermath and what comes to him on a gurney. And uh, he said it, it, it basically, um, the, this type of gun and the type of bullets used go into the body and they, they basically, you know, rip, they explode with it, in a sense, inside, for lack of a better term, um, doing even more damage um, yeah. than other kinds of guns and other kinds of uh, bullets used so that it not just rips up the flesh, but uh, externally, but organs internally as well. Right. I mean, you look at, you know, I, I, I don't know what Republicans are thinking because I guess they, they do watch, you know, they, they attack Hollywood all the time, but they seem to form the reality based on it. And they see like one of their heroes get shot in the shoulder with a high powered rifle. And five minutes later, they're up and climbing a fence and, you know, and, and taking out the bad guys. And then he gets shot in the back but that he's still able to disarm the bomb. You know, and they think that's what happens. You know, I remember reading an article in the Village Voice a really long time ago, and it was based on that notion where it was, uh, I think there was a gang shooting, and when they were carting one of the guys away, he was just screaming he couldn't believe how much this hurt. Right? I mean, that always stuck with me for 30 years. I can't believe how much. What do you think a gunshot's going to do? I mean, you know, and, and especially when you're talking about an AR-15, again, it's a killing machine. It's not for hunting. 
uh, and that's the least we could do. So let's hope it would be great if we did get some more uh, Republicans to cross the line. Um, you know, it'll have to be uh, Republicans that don't care uh, about the NRA, which is far and few between, as you know. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue with our guest, John Amato. John is founder of the famous CrooksAndLiars.com. Check out the website, CrooksAndLiars.com. It's an American left-wing political blog. John can be followed on Twitter at John Amato, J-O-H-N-A-M-A-T-O. I'm Leslie Marshall. Also, check out his book. You can get it on Amazon.com. Over the Cliff, How Obama's Election Drove the American Right Insane. Not only is the American right insane with Donald Trump as the presumptive nominee, but Donald Trump as well. Don't know if you heard. He's having a breakdown. He's called all the polls where Clinton is ahead of him phony. And, of course, the gays. Yeah, he's got their support. We'll be back. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Follow him on Twitter at John Amato, A-M-A-T-O, and the website for Crooks and Liars is CrooksandLiars.com. John, let's take some calls, shall we? Absolutely. Uh, let's start with Manny in Massachusetts on Line 3, listening on WHMP. Hi, Manny. Good afternoon. Hey, good afternoon. Um, I have a, a, a question. Um, I remember when um, Reagan, uh, they tried to assassinate him with a handgun. It was a revolver. And back then, they passed a uh, weapons ban, not for revolvers, but for assault rifles. Now, the argument they use these days all the time is this law would not help stop that crime. Well, why was it good then and not good now? John? I'm sorry. I didn't hear the last uh, part of his question. Manny, repeat uh, the last part of your question. Well, why a was it good uh, when, when they tried to assassinate Reagan, they passed a law to uh, uh, stop right. um, assault rifles? And then he tried to stop handguns. You're talking talk about, about John Hinckley, uh, of course, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah I mean, it's also uh, as a Republican in office. You know, obviously they they do everything they can to protect that person, and uh, and then they passed the assault weapons ban. I believe it was in 1994, and then the NRA got even more powerful. And after it expired, we couldn't get it passed. Um, you know, the idea that while this law won't solve every mass shooting or every crime, I mean, you have to, it's incremental. You have to start somewhere, and I don't understand why people need AR-15s. I'm from New York, and, um, you know, I grew up in New York. I'm in Los Angeles now, and, um, I mean, I'm not against, the set, you know, guns of any kind. It's fine, but uh, why, you know, we have to go to drive a car. We have to go take a test, get right license, get a registration, get insurance. It's a deadly weapon. And, and, but for some reason, you know, I can't drive a tank on the street, but I can have a bazooka. It's crazy. 
All right. Thank you. And uh, thank you to our caller, Manny. Uh, let's quickly go to Michael in the Bronx online, too. Michael, a quick comment or question for our guest. Yes, here's a question for everyone to consider, and that is when these Republicans, um, they're always saying that Democrats are weak on terrorism, but yet they're the ones that are supplying the weapons to the terrorists, to the enemy. I mean, I, I think with this filibuster going on now, people are starting to see the light as to who the real terrorists are and who's really countering or really being sympathetic with the terrorists. All this stuff about our thoughts and prayers all with blah, 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 won't hold it anymore because they haven't done the damn thing. Only thing they're just doing is allowing more guns, more guns, and they don't even want to take up any uh, measures just to stop this massacre. Okay, John? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's, it's, it's really <clears throat> sickening to see people, you know, discussing NRA like, like you know, there's a a, ter- a a person's on a terrorist watch list, but we, you know, we we have to make sure that they can still get their guns. Uh, and wasn't it um, when Bush took office? Uh, wasn't it wasn't it his uh, attorney general Ashcroft that um, I, it, the law is eluding me that immediately after the attacks, like like uh, allowed? Can you correct me? Or one of the callers will where he he lacks the requirements of if you are felon. Um, I can't remember the law, but immediately they undermine the power of of our laws to give free and willing access to all kinds of weaponry, even in the face of 9-11. Can you look that up, uh, somebody over there, with, with Ashcroft, what he did? Because it's really an important mark in the whole trend of, of gun control. Okay. Um, uh, my crew is looking that up. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, you know what, John, there's so much that I wanted to talk to you about um, this afternoon, and there's so many people tweeting and whatnot. Um, I, I wanted to talk about also um, Donald Trump. Uh, Donald Trump has made comments about gays. He's, you know, being crazy. Um, the GOP, when Trump first came out with his Muslim ban prior to the attacks, <clears throat> the attack, excuse me, on the individuals who lost their lives and are still fighting for their lives in uh, in medical center in Orlando. Um, they came out, Paul Ryan and others, uh, with force, um, speaking against Donald Trump. But when Donald Trump came out in response to uh, the terror, um, you know, I didn't see the GOP freaking out as much, even though I saw articles entitled GOP Freaks Out, Trump's uh, Terror Response. Um, it was combative, the anti-terrorism speech uh, on Monday. Uh, Republican insiders were fretting. Uh, that he is unprepared to play a crucial presidential role. Um, You have to heal this nation, not just lead this nation. Several lawmakers opted to remain uh, silent. Um, Hill reporters were tweeting uh, yesterday that GOP polls were ducking and uh, running uh, from them. Um, You know, uh, politicians, excuse me, not polls, uh, GOP uh, politicians. Um, Speak to us about that. Is the GOP freaking freaking out? And if so, why were they silent yesterday? Well, absolutely. I mean, you know, you did hear the leaders of the party, Speaker Ryan and Mitch McConnell, were really criticizing his speech and said, like, that's that's not the kind of speech that we need to hear, you know, right after a tragedy. That's not what a leader does. And also even John Cornyn, who's a big supporter of Trump, basically said the same thing. And now he said he's not even going to talk about Trump until after the election because he's been so embarrassing to the party, or to the establishment especially, the, the base of the Republican Party just loves this, this vaudeville act. They just love the guy, you know, they love his rallies because he's up there, he's doing a bit, he's doing skits. 
he's imitating, you know, immigrants and, and nationalities. He's, you know, he's making up these nicknames. It, it's like it's 1922. All right, all right.